0: The following audio message is from Neighborhood Church in Overland Park, Kansas. If you would like to learn more about Neighborhood Church, please go to www.neighborhoodchurchop.com. Um, If you guys enjoyed kind of taking a trip through a book of the Bible, this is, as I told you guys early on, this is my first time preaching through a whole book of the Bible this way. I've enjoyed it. We we will mostly probably do this here at Neighborhood Church where we'll read the Bible together. And then if you're at home and you're thinking, what should I read or what could I be reading right now, uh, you can always just follow along with what the church is doing. It's also what we'll talk about often in our neighborhood groups, um, whatever book we're studying. Um, uh, So let's just go ahead and read. Uh, Read the end of Colossians Colossians 4 7 through 18. Um, If you have a Bible there in front of you um, uh, If you'd like to take that home, it's a gift to you Um, As I look across the room I think most of you guys have either taken one or you have your own Bibles But if you if there's somebody that you would like to give a Bible to um, those are those are a gift for you to give away So let's read Colossians 4 7 through 18 And many of you maybe just came to hear me say these words of old ancient names. Or maybe you're looking for, maybe you're having a baby and you're looking for a name. Maybe that's happening, right? All right. Tychus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant of the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and... That he may encourage your hearts and with him Onesimus our faithful and beloved brother who is one of you They will tell you of everything that has taken place here so Remember Paul's writing from Rome and he's kind of is closing his letter out and He's 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 writing to these these people and talking about these guys in his life Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, Give my greetings to the brothers in Laodicea and to Nympha in the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, see that you, have, that see that you fulfill the ministry that I've received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. <sighs> We've read the whole book of Colossians together as a church. That was fun. took us three months, but we did it. We read the whole book. We read the whole book. Um, And our theme for Colossians has been, if you pull that next slide up, our theme has been rooted in Jesus. That's okay. Can we go to the next slide? I'm sorry. But I just want to show you guys a picture after this next slide. That's why. So this tree, right, this tree is the, um, you might know this tree? It's called an aspen, right? You gotta say the second half of that word, right? Aspen, right? They're they're all over Colorado. They like the they like the cold weather. Maybe like some of you in the wintertime. I mean the summertime, you like the cold weather. So the aspen um, has been a tree that even made me think when I first started talking about um, or thinking about using rooted in Jesus, that's kind of the theme, kind of come from Colossians 2. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. There's this idea, you're rooted, you're built up and established. And that's my hope for my own life. That's the hope, my hope for my family. That's my hope for my neighborhood and my friends, that we would be, right, rooted, right, Jesus. Remember, we talked from very beginning about that tree, the shepherd tree, 200 foot root system, right? Like that's where we're going. We're going deep because it, it gives you strength, it gives you nourishment, right? Um, and that's exciting. I love that. And that's a part of the roots. But the aspen, the aspen's like this amazing tree. It's like, it's like grass. Did you know the aspen? These are not individual trees, these are one tree. One tree. All the aspens, they grow in these things called colonies. They spread by the means of root suckers, right? So you can picture all these, this root system, right? And they're kind of like going around like, oh, I think I'm about as far away as I should be from the last guy, so bloop, new tree, right? Isn't that cool? Like the aspen tree is all one big tree. They live anywhere between, you know, 50 and 150 years, right? So there's times when this tree, it's had its life, right? And the, the roots are kind of like, you're done. You did a good job. Thanks for giving us all that chlorophyll and all that stuff, that, that all the uh, nutrients, right, in the root system. And now you're done, and whoop, a new one pops up, right? new one pops up, and that becomes um, a forest, as you can see here, um, a, a quite beautiful forest. The... Um, the idea of the aspen, um, wh- I was at a camp in Colorado, and um, we were walking around in the woods, and there was a, a, a guide for us on our trip, and he began to talk about the aspen and the importance of the root system of the aspen. It's one root system. So as I, as I bring up the aspen, I'm going to share with you the, the three kind of things we're going to look at today in the, in the sermon on this next slide. We're going to be talking about multiplying together, and the, and the first point is we're interdependent, Second, we are born to grow and reproduce ourselves. And third, churches are planted to plant more churches. So go to the next slide for me. This idea of interdependent is, um, is based on this word dependence. Not to be confused with independence because independence means not dependent. It's what all those 18-year-old kids want, or what we all wanted at 18, our, our independence, to not be connected to somebody. But pretty close. Sometimes within months, we realize we needed to be interdependent on our parents, right? But this idea of point number one, we are interdependent. So as a plant system, where we want to be rooted in Jesus, we want to be reminded that we need one another. We're not the lonely tree. Sitting on an island somewhere. But what we are is we are connected. We are interdependent, like a forest of aspens. We've been talking a lot about being rooted in Jesus for these three months. One of the things, because we need to have deep roots for our souls, because our families need strong relationships. We talked about those of you guys who were here in Colossians 3. Some of you guys were here, we talked about what, what is submission, what does that mean? What does it mean to obey and honor one another and respect one another? We talked about how our church family exists to love one another as we worship and display God. And we talked about how our neighbors and our coworkers and our friends need a consistent friend that's rooted, that will be there with no strings attached, and we can be a useful conduit of grace to the Father for them. God's design is not that he would just create a human and say, go figure it out. But from the very beginning, in Genesis 1, we see God creating mankind, right? And what does he say about all the things before he creates man? He says it's good, right? Every day he says it's good. What does he say when he creates mankind? Very good, When's the next time in the Bible that God says it's not good? When man's alone. It wasn't sin. This is before sin. The idea of interdependence is woven into our very creation that we would be connected. The early church was there to encourage new churches to be started and encourage churches to grow Everywhere, because they knew people needed people. And what a church is, it's a body of faithful believers in Christ who are leaning each other, sharing the root system for the glory of God. So here in this passage, as Paul closes out his letter, he does not end with saying, and I, Paul, am doing awesome for Jesus here. If anybody needs any more help, you can call me. You know, what he's doing, he's talking to his people, saying, thank this person, be encouraged by this person, lean on this person. This person's been encouraging me. These people are here. Sometimes in Paul's letter, he's going, this is the last person with me, and he names them because Paul wants to remind us of our need for one another. And this isn't maybe new for many of you. Almost everyone in the room is here in this room because people have cared for you and loved you. But sometimes we end up using our relationships and our friendships as kind of a last resort instead of building a strong foundation of connection and interdependence even in the in the celebrations, even in the good times. And my hope, one thing at Neighborhood Church that's been special for you, it's been special for me, is that we don't just call each other when things are hard. But we do call each other because things are hard because we call each other all the time. And my hope for... For a neighborhood church is that we would have this kind of lifestyle that we see Paul uh, reflect at the end end of almost all his letters, as he begins to talk about people. In Colossians, we learn about the old self, and I want to say, even in the brokenness of my own sin, the old self wants to run and hide, and I don't, I don't want people to know about the old self. I don't want to be interdependent with Tony when I've promised Tony I'm going to do something and then I don't do it. I'm like, there's Tony, I'm over here, right? But what is that? That's the old self. That's the old self saying, you're going to be judged. Tony's not going to be there for you. Tony's going to hurt you. But those are all lies, right, Tony? Those are all lies. But, when, but I was like, yeah, I think so. You know, those are lies. Those are lies because the enemy wants to keep us independent of one another. And we have to fight for our interdependence. It kind of a speech from like Independence Day for that, right? Let's fight for it. That could have been the title today. Fight for our interdependence. The new self, this is what the new self says as we've looked through Colossians. It says, because I know I will drift, I will drift away from healthy relationships that will be there for me. The new self says, I will fight for interdependence. I will intentionally confess my sins to other people. The new self says, I will confess my need for grace. The new self says, I will confess my wrongs and quickly apologize. The new self says, I will ask for forgiveness, and I will give that same forgiveness to others. This way of living preaches the gospel to ourselves. The idea that we need one another, the same way Paul does as he reminds us in his letters, when we preach this to ourselves, it reminds us of the gospel. The main person, the main one we need to be interdependent on is our Savior and our Lord. In John 15, he says, abide in me, stay connected to me. Jesus is begging that we will not be independent, but de- be dependent on him. Jesus is the reason that we know love and that we can give love away. It's our new identity in Jesus, connected to him, that frees us from comparison. The reason that we become and want to be independent is we're scared or we have fears or we're comparing ourselves to others. May all that be reminded that that is the old self and it's dead on the cross. There is strength in being vulnerable and honest. And I hope you guys have experienced that here at Neighborhood Church. It's not weak to share we're weak. There is strength as we give Honest and true advice and ask for honest and true advice. There's actually freedom in that. You know why? Because we all know we're all weak. So when we pretend with one another that we're not weak, we actually pity each other. The one person over here that maybe the crowds over here like being vulnerable and the person over there is like, he's not weak. We're all kind of going, I wish he would like just fess up. Come join us. We're all people. We're all weak. We know that all have sinned and need the grace of Christ. So as we close on this point, my hope is that you will be reminded that we are interdependent. And we will drift into independence. But Christ, because of our dependence on him, can remind us that we need to be independent on, interdependent on each other. Cool? Second point for today as we moved up one of the, one of the passages here, as, um, as Paul talks to Epaphras, we're born to, and grow, or we're born to grow and reproduce ourselves. And this is what Paul wrote um, about Epaphras. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Heropolis. So we see Paul encouraging the church about this missionary. And you may remember from three months ago, this was the man that helped plant this church. So we know that his life, his motivation was to personally grow but also reproduce himself. His desire seems to be Clearly for other people. He's, Paul, Paul, who's not even him, he's seeing this in his life, saying this guy's always struggling in prayer for you. Right? Like what this missionary wants for you, this church, he's saying he wants you to grow. Listen to him. He wants you to be mature in Christ. Have assurance in the will of God. And this last part, he's worked hard So as a church, as we're interdependent, may we personally know that we should be growing, right? We talk about holiness and growth. But also, are we working hard for our friend's growth? Does that come to your mind? I mean, if you're a parent in the room, maybe it's kind of natural if you're like, oh, my kid's kind of growing up and not staying immature in different areas of life. But when it comes to your, your spiritual faith for your children, but also for your neighbors and your friends, could you say, if you're giving yourself a grade, one to five, five being the best, what kind of grade would you give yourself right now? How are you working hard for others to grow in their spiritual walk and their love for Jesus? And I just want to say, in the same way that human beings our biological structure, we're born to reproduce. Dawson Trotman got it right. I think spiritually, a spiritual life in Christ that's not reproducing is a dying life with a lack of zeal and a lack of passion. What happens if everybody's in a bad mood and somebody brings in a two-month-old baby? It's magic, right? It's magic. There's something beautiful about new life. And I hope for us as a church that we don't just, like, become a really fun group of people who we just care for each other, but we would see new life continuously growing in our church. And one of the things we talked about last week were these, these this by name card. And I've already had a couple of people talk to me today about how they how they already started praying for somebody. And my hope is that, that would, this would be, like, um, a step into working hard for somebody else's spiritual walk. A step for you could be like, I was challenged to pray for a person through Easter that they would know Jesus, and I did that. I would say this is the step you need. If, you, if you're not doing anything, this is a good first step for you that I would challenge you to do that. And secondly, we talked about the bless rhythms last week. and I'm just going to go through them real quick. B-L-E-S-S. We talk about be, bless, belong a lot here at Neighborhood Church. And the bless rhythms that we're shooting for is, as a rhythm of life, the B stands for begin in prayer. And there's a card there to help you just be thinking through and be praying for somebody. Second, that you would listen, that you would spend time with somebody and you would actually care about their life and their journey. That you would use food and you would eat, the E is for eat, and use that very um, natural uh, interaction around a meal to get to know people and to share, um, hear their story and share your story, that you would serve them, that you would work hard for them, put margin in your life so you can have some time for other people. And the, the last S is story, that you would be aware of how to how to communicate your story to somebody else just over a meal, but also be able to know what Jesus' story is and how to offer that to people. So in two weeks on Palm Sunday, um, we only have three more weeks until Easter's here, in two weeks on Palm Sunday, um, we're going to have a baptism service here. And what we're doing is we're going to celebrate new life, okay? Um, and my hope is, is that as we baptize people, that as a church, in the same way when a a, a, a two-week-old baby walks in the room, the people we're baptizing are not two weeks old, but the two-week-old two-week-old baby that walks in the room and there's this like, I love new life. There's something precious about it. It's exciting. We celebrate that. It's a celebration service for us as a church. And if you're interested in being baptized or you're curious about being baptized, um, come talk to me. Um, I'll be here. I'm in the neighborhood. <laughs> like um, My phone number's on the back of the bulletin. Um, let's talk about what that means. And you know, two to three times a year, we'll have these times where we'll, 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 we'll have baptisms. But if, if you've made a decision to follow Christ, you haven't been baptized, I would just invite you uh, to contact me and we can celebrate um, this symbol of what God has done for us as we ourselves are, are buried and, and and rise again. Okay, thirdly, to close, is not only personally are we born and to reproduce, but number three on the slide is that churches are planted to plant more churches. And my um, my thought on my thoughts about this could go another, Three hours, right? Like the idea of like, let's plant new churches. You're talking to the guy who came and planted a church with us. We're in this gym. You know, Rivers and I began to pray of where in the country would we want to move. And we lived in Overland Park from 01 to 09. And we thought we'd love to live there. And with the North American Mission Board, with the Southern Baptists, they were like, we'd love for new churches to be planted in Overland Park. Would you and Rivers come and plant here? We'd love to. Like what neighborhood should we move into? They're like a neighborhood in Overland Park. And we found this house that goes to this school. And we've met you guys. We didn't decide, like, this was Jesus, right? Because that house is for sale. And that's the house that had four bedrooms. And we could tear some walls out. And we could all party in the same place and have a dance party in the front living room on my birthday, right? Like, all those things could happen, so we bought that house, right? And I can't imagine living anywhere else in the whole world. I mean, literally, in the whole world. Well, the two countries I've lived in. Like, the whole world, I want to live here. And I want my kids to go to this school and practice dance in here. And I want to see them dress up like Dr. Seuss and sing funny songs. This is just, this is my life. And my life, you guys, my life is not more important than anybody else that comes here. I just get to do this full time and kind of get more people involved in this. But the beautiful thing about being born to reproduce is this is all of us. We're all aspens. If you ever look at an aspen grove, they're all the same height. And you know what connects an aspen? The root system. And the definition, when I looked up the aspen grove, this is what it says. Or like, like, like what are aspens? All aspens typically grow in large colonies derived from a single seed. Jesus Christ is the seed. He's the one that connects us. It's not Dave and Rivers or Eric or other leaders that you see up on stage. It's Jesus. And yes, I believe as as we read in the Bible, there's many parts. There's lots of roles. And I was just telling Jess a second ago, like, dude, I feel like every person that came early has been nonstop since 745. But I don't know if I would have it any other way. So I just want to right now say thank you for the work that you do to make this community happen. And Sunday mornings is just this much. It's this just this much. There's a lot of hours in our weeks. But I want to thank you for spending time to make this happen. So see these chairs? See these chairs? Twelve months from now? I bet there'll be people in these chairs. Because from what I've experienced here at this church plant is that people who come, they kind of stay. Have you noticed that? And when you say, why did you stay? They're saying, because I like it here. Why do you like it here? Well, it's different for each person, but mostly it's because my friends are here. Like this is the kind of church planting that church, I just came, I was gone three days in Atlanta. Okay, I was at a church planting orientation. A little late for me, but we had an orientation about church planting, and it was good. And there was lots of us there that had been, you know, a year in or whatever. But I'm there, and every guy I sat down, I probably talked to a dozen guys. Look, like, the the picture you saw from the Fort Collins, like the guy who planted is planting there in Colorado. He sat next to me at one of our things, and we're just talking about what kind of church are you planting? Everybody I talk to is planting churches like this. These are the kind of churches of tomorrow in our country. Is that a beautiful thing? And maybe some of you guys are here because maybe the churches that you've gone to, you're like, it was more of a program or if it was kind of disconnected or you just went and watched. I mean, you can't watch at neighborhood church very long. (laughs) There's too much to do, right? But, But there's a beautiful picture about what God is doing within the North American Mission Board. And when they told me the number of churches they're planting every month in North America, it blew my mind. 25 churches a week. Every day, three or four churches are being planted in North America. And all the... I met these guys. They're similar. They're like us. They're people who are like, I want to love Jesus a lot, and I want to love my neighbors a lot, and let's try to get rid of all the show, and let's be inclusive, and let's make sure God is honored in every aspect that we do and be intentional, and let's get... Everybody's involved. The leadership structure is about as flat as you get. These are the kind of churches, these are the aspens that are being planted all over our country. And just like individually, there's one seed. In this town, if Paul was writing a letter to the church of Kansas City, it would be one letter. Do you guys feel that? How many churches are in Kansas City? There's one. Now, there's lots of aspens, right? And some aspens have woodpeckers pecking on it. Another aspen has the squirrels living in it, right? Maybe we're like the panthers, right? But it's it's like every tree's got its own kind of group. So my hope is when you drive down the road and you see church after church, that you'd be thankful that God's making a movement around Kansas City. It's going to be two million people soon. And our little Aspen right here isn't going to reach everybody. But can we reach the five miles around our neighborhood? Can we reach the five houses around our house? (laughs) That's how we talk here. And my hope is that you would get excited about planting churches. I just want to tell you a few things to close. And these are things that, you know, I don't sit down and tell you guys this stuff at, at, at when we have meals together or sitting around the fire. These are churches that have been praying, financially support, and have been serving us. First Baptist Church Covington, Georgia. First Baptist Church, Clarksville, Arkansas, Knoll Avenue Baptist, Westside Family Church, New City Church, Beaver Baptist Church, the North American Mission Board, the Kansas-Nebraska Baptist Association, and 30 other individuals who live around this country who'll never come into this gym, but they care about church planting. They've been praying and financially supporting Neighborhood Church for a year and a half now. In my heart, is that as we talk about the Annie Armstrong um, church planting offering, we talk about planting new churches, as we consider who amongst us is going to plant the next neighborhood church, that it's something, it's not a loss, it's a baby, and it's exciting. And then I hope as we grow, the DNA of being a church that plants churches will not be a surprise. When it's time for us to me to come forward and say, hey guys, um, if you'd like to move or if you'd like to stop coming to this building on Sunday morning, we're going to start another church in this location and anybody who wants to go with this man of God, you should go. For you to be like, yeah, we do stuff like that. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it won't be like, what, what's going on? It's like, no, we plant churches. my heart, is that as we realize that every person has a lifespan, that every church has a lifespan. These churches in Ephesus and Colossae, they're not there. There's not a church in Jerusalem right now. I mean, there's a church, but there's not a church that Paul is writing to in Jerusalem. Churches have a lifespan. And I hope neighborhood church lasts as long as I'm living this in a house. That's my hope. But if it doesn't, here's the beautiful picture. When forest fires go through Colorado, you know what they plant? Aspens. You know why? Because aspens love forest fires. They do. You know why aspens don't grow? Because there's too many trees in the way. So when the forest fire comes, guess what shows up 15 years later? It's an aspen grove. You know why? Because you know where they lived? In the roots. Guys, this stuff on top is going to come and go. But Jesus Christ, our seed, it's going to last generations. It feeds all the churches around us. And yes, it's fun to look at the pretty trees on top, but there could be a season when a fire comes. But it's not going to destroy the name of Jesus at Neighborhood Church. We may all be scattered and do something else for his glory. And I have no big news to tell you today. You could like, be like, what's Dave about to tell us? Where's the fire? There's no fire. Hope the fire is after I die, right? But here's the beautiful picture. The roots, guys, being rooted in Jesus is what's going to make your family display the glory of God. The roots of neighborhood church, Jesus Christ and him crucified and his resurrection is what's going to make neighborhood church glorified Jesus.